Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, and you are listening to episode number 41, where we are talking about classroom management quick wins. Now, if you missed my previous podcast episodes, you'll want to make sure you listen to episode number 38, where I talked about how to revise your classroom management for after the break. January is always the perfect time of year to kind of reevaluate what's going on with your classroom management, and this year is no exception, and for sure, you should be taking a look at what is happening in your classroom and different ways you can kind of Bring back the behaviors you want to see and reduce the ones that you don't want. So today I'm discussing four of my favorite ways to do this. And the first technique um, is what I call quick win number one, and it's blurt beans. Now this has been around for many, many years, and there's a reason for that. It's because it works. And I know this is going around and it's having a whole new life lately in Facebook groups, and a lot of people actually haven't heard of blurt beans. So if you want to visit this podcast episode on my blog, I actually linked a video from Monique from It's Monique's World, where she kind of goes through and explains blurt beans. So if you want a visual, (laughs) that's a good video to watch. But here's how it works. So you have two jars. One jar is your bean supply, and then the other jar is labeled with different levels for your class incentives. So this can be easy things on the bottom. So for example, You could have a free dress day if your principal allows it. You could offer extra recess time. You could do a game day. Maybe you never do Fun Friday, so they're working towards a Fun Friday. And then the very top of the jar is going to be those really special things, like maybe it's a movie day or popcorn party or dance party, you know, those things that you don't do very often that your kids are going to get wild and excited about. Now for extra buy-in, I suggest that you create the list of class rewards with your class. And then you kind of pick and choose the favorites out of that. And that's what you're going to label on your jars. So again, on the bottom of your jar is going to be the easier things to get, like the Maybe um, no sock hour or 10 minutes of free time on the computer or an extra center rotation. And then as you go up the jar, your levels are a little bit more spaced apart and a little bit harder to earn. Okay, so you have one jar for your new beans and the separate jar is empty labeled with these levels. 
And then you provide your students with five beans each. Now you can use less if you don't have a particularly chatty class and you don't think they're going to need as many reminders to hold on to those beans. Or you can, I don't even know where I started with that, (laughs) more or less. So five is generally what most teachers start with. You can start with less if you don't need as many. And I certainly wouldn't recommend doing a lot more than five because the point is you want those kids that are doing the blurting out to have that feeling of like, oh man, I've lost all mine. And you don't want to give them so many that that's never really a feeling that they're going to have. Oh, well, I got like 50 of them. Who cares, right? So (laughs) you want to make it a little bit challenging for them to hold on to them. Okay, so they keep five. I've seen teachers where they have it in a little container at their desk, which is what Monique um, recommends. I've seen teachers that have glued them to a popsicle stick. I've seen where they've, instead of beans, maybe they have like little tags on their desk. So there's lots of different ways to do this. All you got to do is go to Pinterest and search Blurt Beans. You're going to find a whole bunch of ideas. So the kids get five leave them on their desk, hopefully not play with them. If they drop it and lose it on the floor, it gets picked up and put in the bean jar. And then at the end of the day, any beans that are left are added to the incentive jar. And then the next day they get a whole new set of five beans. So you can also use things like buttons, cotton balls, anything you have at large amount of, and it's got to be enough that it's going to fill this incentive jar. So beans are one that's just a a favorite because they're very cheap and easy to use. And because you're giving new beans every day, this is a good one even with the social distancing because they're not really sharing the beans, they're not touching each other's beans, and they're getting new ones. So you don't really have to worry about sanitizing in between. Okay, quick win number two is secret student. Now, I used this strategy many, many years ago when I taught first grade, and I'm actually going to bring it back to my classroom because I need something. And I'm probably like you. I will admit my classroom management is not always perfectly on point, so I know that I need something. And so I used to call it secret walker, and I only did it in a line. But now I think I'm going to try Secret Student, and this is for a whole day incentive. So super little effort, which is one of my favorite reasons why I like this. All it requires is some way for you to choose a class name or a name from the class. So this could be drawing popsicle sticks if you have a class set of popsicle sticks. I lately have moved away from class set of popsicle sticks. I don't know why. I just never created them this year. But instead, I do class dojo. So I make sure that my projector screen is frozen, and I do the random button on class dojo, and class dojo will pick the students for me. And the students can hear the noise of like the picker, so they know I'm choosing somebody, but they are not going to see who I picked. And so I, I write that student's name down on a piece of paper because I am notorious for forgetting things. <laughs> and I'm going to stick that somewhere where the kids can't see it. Maybe it's on a piece of paper that I've flipped over and put on my whiteboard. I've seen very cute different Instagram posts where people have it in like 
a special little envelope that says like secret student, and then they pull it out to reveal the student's name. Like you could you could take this to a whole new level. I just like super simple, easy, slap it on a post-it note, done. <laughs> Fold it in half if you want it super secret and private. And then I just tuck it like underneath my keyboard at school. Okay, now throughout the day, especially during transitions, you're going to make a note of praise for whoever the secret student is. So you're going to say things like, wow, I love how our secret student is walking in line with a voice level of zero. Wow, that secret student really came into the classroom so nice and quietly. I love the way that they're following directions right now. And if they're not doing that, then you say, wow, I think our secret student is kind of forgetting how we walk in a line right now. I hope they can do better so they really earn the secret student reward at the end of the day. Okay, so you just kind of give them those incentives throughout the day. And then so at the very end of the day, if they make it and you want to celebrate them, you announce who it was, you know, you're like, Wow, Johnny was our super secret student for the day. Let's give him a round of applause. And then you can either give him like a certificate that says secret student of the day. You could give him a little piece of candy, a toy from your class store, or they could just have an extra 10 minutes of computer time the next day when you're doing small group lessons. Okay, so if they don't make it, you're not going to say specifically who that student was. You never call them out by name if it's a negative thing. You just say, wow, today's student, secret student kind of forgot our classroom expectations. Hopefully tomorrow's secret student does a much better job. And you just move on. Okay, so quick win number three is called the scoreboard. And the scoreboard comes from whole brain teaching. Which, when I first heard about it and I saw these videos, I thought, wow, that's nuts, right? <laughs> but I use their rules. I use their scoreboard. Sometimes I use a super improver wall. So there's a lot of really good things you can get from whole brain teaching that doesn't have to be all those call and responses that maybe drive you a little nuts like they do me. So for the scoreboard, when I first learned about it, it was class against the teacher. So that's still the way I play it now. But whole brain teaching has actually updated their process. And again, you can go to my website, shareteaching.com forward slash podcast, and you can see this episode number 41. And there's a link to where you can read all about how the scoreboard works on the whole brain teaching website. So for now, how it would work is you divide your scorecard into two sides. So it's up to you whether you want to do class against the teacher. All kids kind of love that. If you want to be a little less um, me against them and promote that whole class thing, then whole brain teaching is recommending one side as wolves, one side as turtles. So the wolves are getting all the positive tally marks and the turtles are getting the negative tally marks. Now, this kind of poses a problem if you follow the whole brain teaching super improver wall, because as the students move up in levels, those are two of the levels that they can achieve. So I feel like it's kind of saying, okay, well, if you're a turtle, then, you know, turtle is the lower of the scoreboard on the super improver wall. I mean, that's just my take on it. So I would recommend like random animals or something else. I don't even know, but 
This is why I like class versus teacher, because then you're not pointing out a specific group of students. Okay, so whole brain teaching recommends that within every hour, you're giving at least 10 to 15 tally marks. And this is actually pretty easy. Like you're just, you know, it's like positive praise, right? So you're like, wow, you really paid attention. Quick, give them a tally point. Oh man, Uh, somebody was talking, give a tally part mark. So it's just throughout all your lessons, right? You're and then the class has a quick celebration. And this I'm really bad at. But you teach them to do a very, very quick, like one clap and they say, oh yeah. So it's just like, oh yeah. And then if they get a tally mark that's negative, you do what's called the mighty groan where they're like, oh, right? Or oh no, or however you want to do your mighty groans. I tend to not do that kind of stuff. I'm not that outgoing of a teacher, I guess you could say. So I kind of skip those a lot of times. I might do like a quick like round of applause, um, give yourself like spirit fingers. Like I might do that kind of happy celebration, but I don't necessarily do the the groaning and like the negative point call attention. We just, we get a negative point, we move on. Okay. So the point of the scoreboard is just winning for the sake of winning. You don't actually give tangible rewards, which is another reason why I love the scoreboard because you're just really reinforcing those positive behaviors. You're decreasing the negative behaviors. And the most important point part to remember here is you want to stay within three points of who's winning. So you want to always keep the game very close throughout the day. And then visit the scoreboard on whole brain teaching and they go more into what you can do at the end of each period if um, you want to tie that into the super improver wall if you do that. Okay, so last but not least, my classroom management quick win number four is something I call good things. Now, I got this from a training um, a few years ago, and I cannot remember the name of the training, but when I do, I'll make sure to link it. I think it was Capturing Kids Hearts, but I'm not 100% sure. So good things is a morning routine that I use, and it's super short. It starts the day on a positive note, and I do it in between the tardy bell ringing And when we have to go get our breakfast, which is a five minute time slot, guys, five minutes. And I can get through like three to five kids. Like it's amazing how quick this goes. So before I ever start good things, just like any new thing, I review it. We talk about it. I show an anchor chart and my anchor chart is actually a PowerPoint slide, which is linked And you can see, or not linked, but you can see the picture of it on my blog post. So again, this is episode number 41. You want to go to sharedteaching.com forward slash podcast, and you can see what that looks like. And it's just a rundown of all the rules of good things. And then I also made like a little quick sorting activity. So we talk about what are a good thing, what's not a good thing. And I do have a kid in my class who thinks it's actually hilarious to share bad things. So he's learned now, like we don't even call on him, right? Very, very sad, but you can't share anything that's a good thing. You always want to share something that's a bad thing. Like I beat up my brother yesterday. So you don't even get to participate until you learn the culture of this meeting in the mornings is positive, right? We're not sharing negative things. So very sad for him, but eventually he'll get to share 
once he learns <laughs> that that's how our class rolls. And I stick to that, you know, if he wants to share something to with me, I tell him he can share it to me privately. Like I'm not excluding him completely. I just don't want him to always share a negative thing and get that reinforcement from the class giggling and laughing and getting off track, right? I I want it to stay where it's supposed to stay, which is positive. Okay. So we talk about what um, good things can be. They can be big. They can be small. All good things are celebrated no matter what size they are. Because I have a lot of students, I'm at a Title I school, but I have students that have um, a very poor upbringing. I have one that has like eight brothers and sisters. So, and then I have, you know, students that like never wear the same outfit twice. So random mix of kids in my classroom. So I make sure that like anything that they share, as long as it's a positive thing, is celebrated in my room. So we also have a whole thing about like what to share and we call it the headline. So just like the book title, it's just telling us what is the very most important part. So it's kind of like putting in retelling in there too, which is another reason why I like it. And you can also do this at the end of the day. So just like when we're choosing secret student, we're going to choose from a popsicle stick or something for a student to share. Now, you want to make sure that by the end of the week or two weeks, depending on how much time you have to do this and how large your class size is, that you've gotten to everyone in the class at least one time by the end of that time frame. And then you just kind of loop through the kids all over again. Now, when I first started, I did ask for volunteers, but as the year progresses, I'm choosing from a popsicle stick. So they know that no matter what, they have to come up with something to share. And we actually give a grade on speaking and listening. So this is a good time to sneak in a little extra grade if you guys do that too. Okay, so a good thing in my class might be my mom walked me to school today or I played with my brother last night. So I just say, you know, so-and-so, what's your good thing for today? And they might say, I played with my brother last night. So then I ask a follow-up question, just one, and I'll say, oh, what game did you and your brother play? And then they will tell me, oh, well, we played video games together. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad you shared with us today. Let's give so-and-so a clap. And so we do three claps, just very short, quick three claps, and we clap together as a class in unison. And this takes a while to get that, but now that we've been doing it over and over for, what, almost 100 days now, the kids know that we clap for each other. It's three claps. It's very quick. We usually do it together. And then we pick the next person to share. And I've also taught them, you know, the importance of not talking over each other, to listen to what they have to say. And when I did this with a fourth grade class, there was a fourth grade student that was chosen that was actually the person that asked the questions after somebody shared. So that is also something you could incorporate in your classroom. I just haven't given up that control yet, just based on where my class is currently this year, I probably will not be releasing the that part. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went blank on what the word would be. But if you have a class that's more than capable, go for it. So another great benefit of having good things is it's building classroom relationships as it provides time for students to learn each other about each other on a personal level. 
So a lot of times after someone shares, somebody in the class will be like, oh my gosh, I went there too. Or yeah, I did that. So they're making these connections. And to me, that is priceless. Now, all of these quick wins, I don't know if you've noticed or not, are classroom management techniques that are aiming to look for the positive and decrease those undesirable behaviors. And this is part of your key for having a solid classroom management plan. So if you're still struggling with that in your classroom and you kind of think you might need a little bit of help, I do have a very affordable course called Classroom Management Adventure, and it walks you through step-by-step how to create a classroom management plan that is tailored to you. So if you want to check that out, it's shareteaching.com forward slash courses, and it's the second one on that page. Or you can go to this podcast episode on my blog, and you can scroll down to the very end of this podcast episode and look at that there. So I want to know which of these classroom management techniques do you think you're going to try first? So just a quick recap, it was number one was Blurt Beans. Number two is Secret Student. Number three was the Whole Brain Teaching Scoreboard. And number four is Good Things. I would love to know if you try any of them and it's your first time what you thought of it. So please make sure you leave me a review or a comment on the blog. Thank you so much for stopping by and I will see you next Wednesday. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.